Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from MacBlue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. <laughs> Welcome to Democracy-ish. I'm Torre. And I'm Danielle Moody-Mills. And I want to say Happy New Year, but I think it's like Happy New War. Oh my God, that was awful. And yes, it is. War is awful. And this particular war, when we were not in imminent danger from Iran or this Mm -mm. particular person we killed, is extremely frightening. And when I think about all the things that Trump is, Mm -hmm. a liar... Mm-hmm. A reactionary, an egomaniac who sort of leads with his emotions, a person who does not care about other people, a person who does not study and think deeply. This is extraordinarily dangerous to have him basically deciding whether or not we go to war and how we respond. You know, what I think is really interesting is that where we are since the assassination of General Major Soleimani, we have to like work ourselves backwards from there because Trump triggered this escalation when he walked into the White House and decided to rip up the Iran deal Mm. that Obama put together. Mm. We have tried to create a diplomatic path with Iran for decades. And when Obama left office, not only did he leave us with a good economy, he left us with a safer world. Trump came in and his policy, his idea, his ideology and vision was only in contrast to Obama. What can I do that is opposite? So if I can kick transgender people out of the military, if I can put a ban on Muslim people entering the country, if I can take away EPA regulations so that our water is less safe, our air is less clean, if I can make sure that our standing in the world is now on some type of fault line, Mm. right, then that will be the mark that I have left. Because of his inferiority complex to Barack Obama, this is where we are. The fragility of this man's ego is how we have arrived at this moment. And also understanding that there is some deep, deep digging and connecting of the dots that people need to do with regard to Trump's finances and business dealings and that of how he has been supporting Iran and who knew about it and when and how. But also, you know, I want to underline here that the way most Americans talk about the Middle East Mm -hmm. is like they are wild. They are fighting against each other. Yep. 
we're just trying to be the nice policeman to keep Israel safe. And I have no problem with Israel being safe, especially now that I realize that I'm Jewish. I'm fully supportive oh of my that God. notion. Okay. But we are not blameless actors. No. We are occupiers who are traumatizing them and in some ways terrorizing them. And I use that word specifically. Mm -hmm. In this situation, if we're in Iran, they also talk about what happened in 1988. Yes. What what happened? A U.S. naval warship blew out of the sky a civilian plane killing 290 people, including 66 children. Yes. This civilian plane was not attacking us. It was not going outside of Iranian airspace. It was not a problem. Mm -hmm. And we blew them out of the sky. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you want to take it back to Trump ripping up the nuclear deal. We can go back even further. We can go back even further. Yeah. And when we want to talk about, well, Soleimani has blood on his hands, he does. Sure. But so do we. I think that the problem that we have had with foreign policy and our understanding of the Middle East as a country is how blind we have been to the reality that is the United States military force, how blind we have been and how we have been lied to. Essentially, we are these police. We are we are the arbiters of good faith that we go into these places to try and secure democracy. We are essentially what do they call those folks, Torre, that go into countries and they spread their religion? What do we call those? Evangelists, right? We are the evangelizers of democracy around Mm. the world. That's what we do. We go in. We think that we're spreading our goodwill. We tell these people that the way that you are governing yourselves, you can't possibly know how to govern yourself. You're just a bunch of savages. Mm. You're just a bunch of people that beat your chest and, you know, yell out these words that we don't understand. So we must come in as your saviors, your democratic saviors, right? That's the posture that we have always had. When I remember being young and... The Iraq war was happening. Please. I I remember thinking about this place, this evil access, right? That we were told about this evil access, the the axis axis of of evil, evil. that we were told about this place as if these were not countries with real people, with mothers and fathers and uncles and aunts and children and hospitals and movie theaters and schools that had real life. That as Donald Trump has tried to convince us now that it's just a land of blood and sand and oil. That that's it. That's the image they want us to have so that we can dehumanize them and not think about the posture and the horrific things that America has done to this region of the world. Well, part of why Iran gets roped into this axis of evil is partly because some of the things they've done largely through Hezbollah, mm-hmm. right? Their yeah. terroristic military force, which is largely existing near and in Lebanon Mm -hmm. to terrorize and attack and also defend from Israeli incursion, right? I've been to Lebanon. People are telling me, like, Israel did this and that, attacked us in this and that way, started in this and that way, and that never makes American media. No. No sort of specific criticism of Israeli behavior. And I can say that because... Oh, because now you're Jewish. I'm Jewish. 30% 30% Jewish. That's real. I'm going to get my, you know, myancestry.com <laughs> read as well. And I don't say that in a joking way. I take that seriously. And I'm sort of having to recalibrate who I am to think about, like, well, what does that mean to me? But I'm going to do more on that. But Saudi Arabia mm-hmm. has been a big part of state-sponsored terrorism against the United States. Hmm, 9-11? 9-11 had more 
Saudi men involved Mm -hmm. than any other nation. But somehow... We didn't invade them. They are always left out, and their leader got an invitation to visit the White House. Even after he murdered Jamal Khashoggi and dismembered him, him and Jared Kushner were on WhatsApp, just like (laughs) having, having casual fucking conversation, because that's what you do with a murderous dictator and you're in the Trump family, right? You scratch my back, you know. So, I mean, the notion that, well, Soleimani was evil and blood in his hands, he had to go right now, like, you know... Bush and Obama had this opportunity, and they understood this is a complicated thing. Mm-hmm. He is part of their government. We have to approach this in a sensitive way. And to think that you can just go Rambo in a major global conflict like this, you can't. You know, I was reading Robert Caro's book about the LBJ presidency, and he talks partly about Kennedy and the Cuban Missile Crisis mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and how delicate it was and how there was a critical period in which both leaders, Kennedy and I believe Khrushchev, could have done something rash and created a war that the other one would have had to respond to. And now we're in, and there was restraint yes. on both sides. And that is critical in a leader. And Trump has no None. idea how to spell the word. Where are the Republicans who during Obama were like, Oh, my God. He said red line. Syria he, is, he has too much power. Syria, well, we need no, to rein no, him but in. The, the red line mm-hmm. was a particular talking point for them. Yeah. Right? And Syria crossed your red line. You didn't respond. That makes us weak around the globe. And every other country will say, oh, see, we can do anything. And I always thought that entire logic was bullshit. And here, Iran has clearly transgressed Trump's tweeted red line. And oh, that's good. he's done nothing. Oh, Torre. Tweeted red line. <laughs> Here's the thing. Right, he's got 52 spots 52, that he wants so to attack. That's, that's what I want to talk about. The president of the United States of America tweets out, not just to America, to the world, that he is totally comfortable and fine with breaking international law and being a war criminal. And then sends out his and sends out his secretary of state to clean up his mess. Right. And do you notice that when Pompeo was on television this week that he didn't use the term imminent threat anymore? Right. Because there was no imminent fucking threat, just like there were no No. weapons of mass destruction. There's no imminent threat. The imminent threat for Trump. And this is what we really need to unpack is the fact that that motherfucker is being impeached. That was the imminent threat. The imminent threat is the fact that he needed to change the story and change the lead. That is a quote from the 1997 film Wag Wag the the Dog. Do you really think this is a wag the dog? Let's shift the conversation. Or is it more of Trump as Rambo, we have a chance to take out a big, tough guy, let's do it? I think it's a combination of, let's think about this, I think it's a combination of a couple of things. I think that there is a lot more here than we all actually understand. Yes, I believe that there is a wag the dog situation where, in fact, they needed to shift the conversation. And nothing is going to shift the conversation with a president being impeached in their first term and the unpacking of all their criminal behavior than war. 
there is nothing else that was going to change this conversation except, I don't know, maybe another 23 women coming out and saying that they were raped by Donald Trump. So there are one of two things. Here's that. There's another thing here, though, which I think that is something that is incredibly important, which, again, I tell people all the time, follow the money. There is something that is going on here that is even deeper than the idea of distraction, because I don't think that we are just being distracted from the impending Senate trial. I think that we are being distracted from what other dealings that the Trump organization has in Iran, has in the Middle East that we need to be following. There's a lot more that is here than what is meeting our eyes at this point. Is there some calculation, do you think, in this White House quote-unquote brain trust? Because <laughs> I feel you like... You can't even say that with a, sh- a brain, no, trust. brain trust. It's like Pinky and the brain trust. <laughs> That's what we're dealing with, right? It's Pinky and the brain trust. I feel like... He wants to get to the Senate part of the impeachment mm-hmm. deal. They're like, this is the good part. Now, yeah, because I can be exonerated. Yeah, now my man Mitch is going to handle the rest mm-hmm. of this. Moscow Mitch has got this, and we're good. And Republicans are talking about taking, you know, Bernie and Elizabeth off the trail at a critical period, which I think is disgusting that we're even thinking about that. But we all know how countries coalesce around the leader in wartime. Mm hmm. And is there some thought in the Stephen Miller tiny evil brain mm-hmm. that if we start a conflict in the Middle East, mm-hmm. something that at least definitely all our people are going to be like, look, he's the man. He's a tough guy. He's the guy we need. And others will say, you know what? We got to rally around the president in war because every president gets their highest approval ratings during wartime. But again, that was the whole strategy within the movie Wag the Dog. That was the entire thing. The fictional president in the film was in the midst of a sex scandal 11 days out from Election Day. And so what did he do? They created a fake war so that we could up the ante on patriotism and the people would forget about the sex scandal and remember that we're all Americans. You sound like you just watched it. I literally did because I wrote a piece for Medium that's up now. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag light plug. Um, But uh, because I literally did because everybody kept talking about it and we kept using the phrase wag the dog. And so but the thing is, what is trending right now isn't the fact that we support Trump like you're our hero. Everyone is questioning, why did you do this? We were safe. From the New Yorker staff writer Vincent Cunningham, a keenly observed novel of a young black man searching for his place in the world amidst a moment of historic change. Great Expectations is about David's 18 months working for the senator's presidential campaign. Along the way, David meets a myriad of people who raise a set of questions. Questions of history, art, race, religion, and fatherhood that forced David to look at his own life anew and come to terms with his identity as a young black man and father in America. Inspired by the author's experiences working on Obama's 2008 presidential campaign, Cunningham uses a political campaign as his narrative backbone. Great Expectations will be one of the talked about novels of the year, Colin McCann. Great Expectations is available wherever books are sold.
Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from MacBlue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. days ago when Barack Obama left office. We were okay. Iran wasn't coming for us. Right? There was no problem. So it's not like there was a chain reaction here where Iran had been escalating and upping the ante in the world. It's been Donald Trump. If the idea here, orchestrated by a Stephen Miller or a Pompeo or, you know, all of the anchors at Fox News, which are his, you know, brain Mm. trust, Mm. like if that is in fact the truth, then you would have had to make it look like it was Iran that was the provocateur. It was Iran that was provoking this. But instead, everyone in the world with eyes and ears knows that it was Donald Trump. So how do you rally behind somebody that is coming in and banging their chest when there was nothing to bang your chest about? And we also now have Sean Hannity, who's like... Like the little devil who sits on your shoulder saying like the wrong evil thing. He's out there saying we should hit Iran back with everything we've got. So just building up this sense of justification for attacking them as hard as possible. And if you think, Megyn Kelly, that there's Mm -hmm. no racial aspect to this, that's insane. But the other aspect to this, not only the racial and Megyn Kelly does not deserve a breath um, <laughs> of anybody's air or time. But the other thing that I think that's not being talked about is the religious aspect of this. Mm. These white evangelical nut jobs mm-hmm. believe that you Trump mean the is ones going in the White House. Correct. Mm. They want the rapture to come. They believe that this is the domino effect of how Jesus returns to save them. This is not a joke. This is some real shit. You listen to these people. After Trump orders the assassination of Soleimani, where did he go? He went right to the white evangelical conference where they prayed over that motherfucker, right? Because they believe this is, they're using language of calling him the second coming of Christ, right? That he is the chosen one. Right. These people, I'm telling you, we're also not looking at the fact that Mike Pence, right, a man who can't be in a room alone with another woman. Mm, Right. mm. A man that believes that being gay is a disease that needs to be beaten out of you. A man that believes that women shouldn't have the right to choose. Ask yourself to what extent does their religious zealotism guide them? Right. And here it is. They're going to attack these Muslim countries because they believe that they do not have the right to exist. You're listening to these white Aryan style men on television talking about, yeah, blow up their cultural sites. Their Mm -hmm. culture doesn't mean anything. Mm -hmm. We're the best and they're godless. Mm -hmm. This is a religious war that these people have been salivating and waiting for. And Donald Trump is the right Trojan horse because he's hollow on the inside and can just be filled with anybody else's bullshit. If Trump is the chosen one, 
then God must have been drunk. And high. (laughs) Off his own supply. (laughs) Why you would choose... Him and I love zealotism. Haven't I might have made before. up that word. No, I think it, it sounds good to me. But I, I raise you. Trump, I raise, is, Trump is the snowflakiest. The the sn- <laughs> come on, that's what we're talking about here. The snowflake nature of his fragile mm-hmm. self-image, mm-hmm. his ego, small hands. <laughs> This is part of why he feels that you know his whole thing of like I punch back harder. You started this, dude. We started this. You started this. And you want to punch them back harder. Being a terrorist, promising we're going to attack your cultural sites where there's only civilians. And we've only talked in this conversation about the Iran side. Mm -hmm. Because now we're screwing up what we've accomplished with Iraq as mm-hmm. well. Because they're like, we can't trust you. Yeah, you, you need get, to get out. You need to get out you of need our to, bed. You need to get the hell out of this country. We were okay with you having thousands of troops here long term, which is otherwise known as an occupation. Correct. Because we're not currently, are we currently in war? In not, not that I knew not of. Not that I know of. So that's right. an occupation. But they accepted, yes, you can base thousands of troops here and have bases, which is of military value for us vis-a-vis Iran, perhaps Saudi Arabia, Mm -hmm. to protect Israel, all these sort of things. Fine. But if they start saying, you have to go, Mm -hmm. then we are breaking international law. We are occupying. We are putting all the men and women who are there in danger because any Iranian missile or Iraqi attack Mm -hmm. could happen at any time. But look at this. Literally. Literally. Iraq is in the middle of this, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. And they have nothing to do with this. And they are in the middle. And their plea is to say, get the hell out. Because you being here now is a threat and a danger to us. Right? And that's the reality. And so Donald Trump then coming back and saying, well, I'm going to give you sanctions like you've never seen before and punish you for what? Because the sheer presence of the United States now in the Middle East is dangerous. Mm-hmm. That's what he has done. It's so been when dangerous. I see Mike Pompeo's smug fucking face mm-hmm. on television wanting to tell us, like we are all boo boo the fool, <laughs> kind of trying to tell me that we are safer. Are you not listening to the rest of the American people who are terrified? We are safer now that 3,500 families now are deploying their daughters and their sons. Over to the Middle East when you said that you were going to end all of these endless wars and now you are deploying more folks with your bone spur ass, President? Mm -mm. Like that's who you support? Come on. You have Donald Trump Jr. posing just days after this president says that he is deploying 3,500 troops, posing with an AR-15 with Hillary Clinton's face on the magazine of it, talking again about religious zealotism. And Hillary behind bars. And Hillary behind bars. And I'm saying to myself, so if you want to play toy soldier, then why aren't you being deployed? Come on. Okay? He loves so, to play toy soldier. He'll go out and shoot some animals that oh, don't have guns. I, I, you know what? And the most dangerous of them, a sheep. Mm-mm. The fuck out of here. <laughs> I cannot with this family. I cannot with these people who every time that Donald Trump opens their mouth, these MAGA folks want to say like, yeah, no more wars. Yeah, war. Like they don't know whether they're coming or going. This vision, this myth of Trump as a tough guy is so unearned. It's so fictional. And they so believe it and love it. And he's been tough on brown people 
all over the place. He stands on black and brown necks so that he looks taller mm. to white people. Mm. Mm. How are you tough when you decide to take out a full-page ad to call for the lynching of innocent black teenage boys? That's what makes you tough? That makes him tough. To it them. makes you tough to pass policies within your infested buildings to make sure that, quote-unquote, colored folks aren't allowed in? That's what makes you tough? Well, they're criminals. Let me tell you something. <laughs> Donald Trump is not tough. Donald Trump is a sheepless mobster that, you know, I don't know why these white folks need a false prophet. I don't know what it is about them that they are lacking in their own lives, that they see fulfilled in Donald Trump. But that's the question that they all should sit down, look at themselves in the mirror and ask. They need the black people, the women, the gays to know their place. Sit down. And relax. A black guy became president. A woman was about to become president. The gays are allowed to get married. This does not look like the country that I once knew. Then leave. The stuff. I mean, you know, it's always on <laughs> us to leave, <laughs> which is I'm especially saying. pernicious because we didn't ask to come. We right? are not immigrants. Mm -mm. But I didn't have a ticket on a ferry. No. Did your family have a ticket no, on a fucking no, ferry? No. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. No. no. <laughs> but. Well, maybe one of my grandfather's. Okay, but that's because another you're part Jewish. <laughs> that's another conversation. <laughs> but one. the rest of my grandparents, no. No. It's never discussed, should they leave? If they're not happy right. with the way the country's going. You could have Alaska. If, if, we, <laughs> if we criticize. I'd give them Alaska. <laughs> they don't believe in climate change, so they'll die soon. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Like, they'll be underwater. You get paid to live in Alaska. Right. Let's start that campaign. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag MAGA move. <laughs> Hashtag I voted for Hillary is trending on the Twitter yes. today. I place more blame in the folks who did not vote. Than, than the, those that did? Than those who, I mean, number one blame is folks who voted for Trump. Correct. Right? And don't give me this, we did this because you lib said or did X. I mean, I know you're mad that a black man became president, mm -hmm. so we needed to Stay reclaim mad. the power of white supremacy. Mm -hmm. And I know this feeling of a minority-majority country is mm -hmm. coming, right? Mm -hmm. And I saw that mentioned interview after interview with Trump voters in 2016 when reporters were not bringing it up and they would bring it up. Like, this is our last chance. Like, the demographic shift is coming. Which is actually interesting because Nicole Hannah-Jones, who's on Toray show this week. Slight plug. Slight plug. <laughs> talks about whiteness expands and it is fluid, right? Mm. And there was a time before we were around mm -hmm. that the Irish were not considered white. They were other Right. Jewish people were not considered Italians. white. Right. Italians. So as we go forward and the number of white people shrinks versus the number of black, brown and Asian people, more and more Latino people will start to be brought into the fold and considered white. So there will perhaps never be a time when we actually are a minority majority country because the definition of whiteness will change. Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from Act Blue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities. 
healthcare workers, providing telehealth abortions across the country. Immigrant farm workers, fighting for their safety in the blazing sun. And candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. You know, that's really interesting. That's a very interesting point. What I would add to that, too, is that I'm so confused by these white folks having this fear of the demographic change. Because if, in fact, racism is a hoax and oppression is a lie and, you know, systematic oppression is just foolishness that black and brown people have made up because we're all just lazy and don't want to work hard, right? Like if all of those things are, if all of those things, right, if all of those things are made up, then what do they have to worry about? Like if the world through their eyes is actually equal, then what is the concern of who is in the majority or who is in the minority because everything is going to still be status quo, right? Everything is going to be fine. So what, so what's you concerned about? You know what it is. Oh, are you concerned that you're going to be sent out into the field? Are you concerned that you're going to get locked up in prison unjustly? When you're supreme, when you have the supreme position, equality feels like a law. Come on. So we're losing our position back in my father's day. White men ran everything. Now mm-hmm. we've got, we're about to go from a black president to a woman president. What is going on? What it means to be a white man is persecution. I know. It must be a struggle <laughs> when, you know, oh, my God, the path is not laid clear for you any longer. My God, when mediocrity isn't celebrated, like you're not just gifted an Olympic gold medal just because of your whiteness, right? Because you showed up like, my God, you know, white men run things and they feel in their head they run it because they are better. No, you run it because you have made it so that everyone else isn't allowed in the fucking room. If you are so goddamn qualified, then you should be open to any challenge by a woman, by a person of color, by anybody because you that bad, right? You're that good. Why are you afraid to be challenged? Why are you afraid to work? And I don't want to just lay it on white men. Oh, talk about white women. Because you got to give some of it to white women, right? And I would give gotta, it all, but I just you, have, you got You got you to look at Michelle Wolf's Netflix special, Joke Show, which mm. is in-fucking-credible. And she gives it to white women in the middle of the stand-up. And, you know, she's like, you know, white women, for a lot of this, were like, I don't know, I guess, okay. <laughs> oh, my God. And she's she goes into this bit where she's like, you know, some of the stuff is too clever. It had to be a woman's idea, you know. Like, with the American Indians, you know, the men would have been like, I'll just stab them and throw them in the river. And it had to be a woman's idea to be like, give them blankets. Because she's like, you know, that's very, it's very mean girl. You know, right. like, give them blankets give filled blankets. with smallpox. Yeah, and they'll, you know, they'll think that we're friends. And they will be like, Bye. <laughs> 
Oh my I'm god. Like, oh my god. Yeah, she's right. That's so real. There are the worst. And like <laughs> Just to be clear, I'm talking about conservative white women, not all white women. <laughs> wow, you went. Hashtag not, not all white hashtag women. Not all white women. Wow. <laughs> I just rolled my eyes so hard they almost fell out of my head. <laughs> Speaking of not all white women, how do you, you feel about Jill Stein? Oh my God! Jill Stein. You know, here's the thing about Russian assets. <laughs> <laughs> they should stay the fuck in Russia. Shout out to all of you 400,000 folks that decided to vote for her in 2016. <sighs> yeah. Okay. You think we're going to have a country next week? And you know, we were joking about that for the past couple of months. It's not a Before joke we were anymore. headed towards war. Oh now, here's hoping, folks. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Democracy Ish. I'm Torre. And I'm Danielle Moody Mills. And we will be back next week if we still have a country. Pray on it. <laughs> Literally. Pray. <laughs>